0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, uh, I have with me in studio the author of a book I've been reading over the last week or so. It's called No One Saw a Thing. It is an absolute page turner. It will be released, I think, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Andrea Mara, good morning and welcome. Good morning, thank you. It's so exciting. It's uh, it's one of those that you you want to finish in one sitting, but. It's just my time was against me, so I haven't quite got there. But you say that this is based on a personal experience of your own.
1: Yeah, so well the book's about a uh, family from Dublin who are on holidays in London. The mom is in a tube station. It's rush hour Monday morning and her two little girls who are age 6 and 2, they jump on the tube ahead of her and she's trying to push the pram through the crowd. But the next now, thing, she has the, a third
0: uh, yes. child. She has a baby, the so baby's she's got in the pram and it's not just a buggy, it's a pram. It's yeah. an awkward high-tech yoke.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean she really should have used a, a carrier or something, but she didn't. And the door is closed and the tube takes off and she's left on the platform in a complete panic as the tube goes off to the next station. So she's kind of trying to figure out what to do. She's frozen in terror. She contacts staff and eventually she gets a message back. Everything is okay. Just go to Oxford Circus, which is the next station. Now, uh,
0: this is an experience that anyone who's been a parent understands when suddenly... They cannot see their child. They're out of sight somewhere. It could be in in a bookshop and they're off behind a shelf somewhere. It could be anywhere in an airport, whatever
1: playground. um, And the heart
0: stops until you either hear a familiar sound or see that familiar jacket.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even if it is somewhere contained like a playground, once your eyes are not on them, you can't relax until they are and yes, as you quite rightly pointed out at the start, this is based on a real thing that happened when I was, I was a bit older than the characters. I was 12 and I was on holidays in London with my family and myself and my six-year-old sister got on a tube and the doors closed and off the train went with my parents still on the platform and like we didn't know what to do but apparently my dad had shouted Tower Bridge through the closed doors and we hadn't heard him but someone beside us had heard and told us where to get off the tube. So Um, my parents caught up with us a few minutes later and there we were and it all ended very
0: happily. Now can you remember your feelings as the train is retreating into the tunnel and your parents are left on the platform?
1: Not really. I remember kind of being a bit oh god this isn't great and then feeling quite reassured when the person was able to tell us where to get off and i, I it's, it wasn't in any way traumatising and it's only years later chatting to my dad a couple of years ago that I realised how utterly terrifying it had been for him and I suppose like you know I have kids myself now so I can relate to how terrifying it would have been but at the time I would have only been thinking about myself and not my parents.
0: Yeah. Now obviously the initial panic the children are in the train and we're here on the platform uh, and both uh, parents beside themselves um, but inevitably, it's your fault. No, it's not. I, I was watching them. You did, etc., etc. And there's always a recrimination. whose fault it is? Because in this case, the woman is by herself.
1: Yeah. So she's her husband's off doing a rowing race, and she's managing the three kids. She's trying to decline a call from her editor. She's a freelance journalist working part time. So that's kind of a theme in the book as well, even though it is a thriller with cliffhangers and short chapters and all that stuff. But there is a theme there of balancing kids and work and all that side of things. So her husband's this barrister. And we're
0: also balancing locations because uh, the initial action is happening in an underground station but they have come from Dublin for a particular weekend.
1: Yeah, so they're there for a reunion with her husband's old uh, housemates that he lived with 20 years ago. So the action is set in the the present day. That one long day when they're searching for their missing child um, because when she gets to the next station, her two-year-old is there but her six-year-old is not there and no one's okay. We don't (laughs) give too much away but that
0: that, that happens so early in the book. Yeah,
1: that's in the first chapter so we're okay there, I think.
0: Uh, And then then we meet, uh, we go... uh, um, you know, to, to, to back in time mm. we meet the the housemates and each one of them has a very different personality and juggling that in the writing must have been quite interesting uh, interesting and challenging.
1: Yeah, it was fun too though. I enjoyed it. Like I when I was writing the present day chapters of where the child is missing, it's quite it's kind of it's very tense even writing it and you know you're inside Sive is the main character, you're inside her head panicking about the child. So it was actually nice to go back to 3 days earlier, 2 days earlier when they've all just arrived and they're in the hotel and they're having drinks and there's no missing children, but you're getting to know the characters yeah. and there's a lot of kind of sniping going on back and
0: forth because And, and the all issue For Sive, she's the outsider in this group of Mm. old friends who shared a house and there's a tragedy that is mentioned uh, Mm -hmm. early on and again, I'll say no more Uh, than than that. But she definitely, although they know her and so on, know of her, know lots about her, she knows all about them. She's still an outsider in that group.
1: Yeah, she is. Like at one point, um, they're trying to take a photo of the group and she says, look, sure, I'll take it. And they're like, cool, send it around in the WhatsApp group. And she's like thinking, I don't think I'm in the WhatsApp group. So there is that all the time, yeah. plus um, they're the only ones who have kids. So all the activities that are planned for the weekend are mostly kind of in pubs and restaurants that are not very kid friendly or yeah. at all. And people keep forgetting that Sive and Aaron have children with them. So and that's
0: even someone who's about to, at some point in the near future to have a baby is not particularly capable.
1: Yes. And she, Nita, who uh, thinks she knows absolutely everything about parenting, keeps judging Sive, who has three kids and is kind of struggling with the whole thing, but thinking in her head, Nita, you are going to find out soon what it's like. You know, you can plan all you want to be the perfect Mm -hmm. parent. but
0: Now, I don't know how deep we want to go into the other story. I mean, what the husband, Aaron, what -hmm. he does for a living.
1: Well, he's a barrister and he's dealing with a murder case that has kind of gangland implications so um, there is a worry Sive is worried all the time like her husband be chatting away very openly and probably taking risks in his sort of kind of glib flippant way that he talks about his case and she's kind of like okay I know there are no Dublin gangland criminals in this hipster London um, b- brunch place, but at the same time, I kind of wish he wasn't talking so loudly and openly about this case. Um, so that's that's kind of good. Because he's in a defense background. barrister, yeah.
0: and uh, therefore is dealing with the the no goods
1: exactly, yeah, the, the yeah. wrong
0: guys all all the time. Yeah. So uh, you know, we don't give away too much more than than that. But the dynamics of this group is very interesting, and I'm sure people reading it who've ever shared a house will kind of uh, go back to you know, who did what Mm. and who was the boss and who was the responsible one? Who are the people who inevitably got drunk?
1: yeah exactly and like they're all they get on really well but they they're all kind of like like getting at each other in little passive aggressive comments and it's, it's 20 years on from when they shared the house so they've all moved on in their careers and there's a bit of one upman well, a lot of one-upmanship going on and comparing notes about who's winning at life so that's a big part of it uh,
0: I love Andrea's books uh, says Siobhan in Dublin they are such page Turners the latest book was delivered by the postman this morning hey. just in time for my weekend away from my kids we uh, would be great if those books were made into a movie or a TV series that's uh, from Siobhan Does I television love it too. Beckon? <laughs> um, oh my oh my god this slot brought me back to a few years ago when I was flying from Gatwick and uh, as I'm pushing the baby in the buggy my five-year-old walked ahead and got on the monorail I just about grabbed her little backpack and pulled her out a split second before the doors closed shut absolutely terrifying
1: oh my god I'm actually having palpitations thinking about that now with a five-year-old that would be terrifying <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I mean I suppose that's why when we all um, watched the story of Maddie McCann unfolding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that yeah
1: it's that terror because I think I'm there
0: but the grace of God exactly, kind of moments people, as well people
1: were doing that I don't think people do that now people don't leave their kids in guest houses and hotel rooms anymore mm-hmm. since that case but I think back then people did a bit and it didn't seem yeah. dangerous so yeah
0: now, uh, you have a, a, a blog, uh, Office Mum?
1: Yeah, that's kind of how it all started. I got into blogging about trying to work full time and mind the kids and juggle all of that. And then the blogging morphed into freelance writing and then into fiction writing. So that's the main thing that I do now. Yeah.
0: Books. And that whole thing of, of juggling, I mean, it's an ever present uh, problem. And, and even with all the legislation and the time off and all the rest, it, it looks like, by and large, women who have children and are working both in the home and outside the home, mm-hmm. they have a raw deal.
1: Yeah, it's really hard. And I think no matter what way it's set up, like even when my husband and I both worked full time and paid for childcare and split all the work 50 50 as such, I still felt guilty. All the time, and he would openly say he didn't feel guilty. So there's that societal conditioning, yeah, and that it's, features
0: in your book as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Aaron...
0: Uh, he's not devil worried. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> he's not worried at all. And so I was constantly worried about the kids and what to do. And you know, she takes it a bit like, well, I'm working part time, so I have to do this. But honestly, even when I was working full time, I was worrying about the kids constantly. And my husband, not so much. Not in a bad way, because he's probably listening. But it's it's just we're brought up differently, yeah. I think.
0: Uh, well. Uh, Maybe it's a man thing.
1: Maybe, but it has to be society. I think it has to be societal conditioning.
0: That men just don't worry about...
1: That uh, I suppose traditionally men were breadwinners and women were at home and then that's all changed but women are still feeling that pull of well should I be at home and my friend's at home and maybe I should cut back on my hours whereas men have almost always worked full time and still mostly do so they don't feel that same should I feeling that we do.
0: Well, the book is out tomorrow. Yeah. But obviously, one of your readers at least (laughs) ordered it and got it in early. It's called No One Saw a Thing. It's published by Bantam, which is an imprint of Penguin, and its author, Andrea Mara. Thank you very much for joining us in studio today.
1: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.